0: Three, two, writing is an art form and there are grammar laws to follow, but the difference between your first draft and your final edition is your knowledge of the grammatical seasoning and how you inflict your words properly. The difference between your recipe testing and your final plating is trial and error. So cooking is like writing, but how do you cook a poem? Well, you have to speak the language of emotions and for the foodies and the chefs on this journey, emotion is now your seasoning be yourself in the kitchen in fact be yourself outside of the kitchen too and do us a favor and play with your food more they took that away from us from a young age so now let me be your flavor shifu as today we'll enter the chamber of secrets beneath your local temple of flavor follow me into the dark to cross the bridge as you receive your next tool in your weapons arsenal behind the main altar in your local temple is a large tapestry that hangs low, hiding a doorway. There's no door handle, so push and enter. Venture forth below ground level, go down the stairs, and through the long hallway. Imagine that the air is beginning to change as you venture deeper, and it feels like there are old things here, lying dormant. And as you venture further, your skin begins to feel thirsty. The humidity changes. In the cavernous regions beneath the temple, all you can see are hanging roots, dark green and dense like rocks. They're dripping water, drop by drop, onto the stone floor, and has a meditative cadence. The liquid appears to be gathering in the center of the cave's floor, and there's a protruding marble column in the middle, with a small chest sitting atop, but it's covered with a chalky substance and your senses are thrown out of whack from the familiar aroma that's emanating from the water, but it's confusing, and it's calling to you. It's almost like you're drying up as you get closer, and when you reach the pillar, the chest is begging to be opened. Go forward. See what's inside. (sighs) I wake up, breathing heavy once again. There are so many doorways that have led to this moment that I'm left dumbfounded and confused. No matter where I go, they all lead me right back to this very moment. So for you, I submit to the language of flavor. I've studied every organic method on how to preserve your food possible, how to keep it alive and enjoy its gifts. Whether it's drying, fermenting, curing, smoking, canning, sugaring, or every form of preservation at their fundamental levels, I'm just in too deep. And I say to myself in this culinary obsessive state of mind that it only makes sense to acquire every processing technique there is. Because if we do that, then we can weave together a blanket of understanding and wear it into every kitchen that we enter. Yes, this is true, but it doesn't start there. It starts with the realization that we can create a whole palette of flavors, but without the key to unlock them, there is nothing. The chest it was full of salt and drew you to it for a reason. Now with that, let's begin. Welcome to Flavor Quest. In this week's episode, we learn how to season our food with the first seasoning sauce that ever existed. As we travel back to the moment when we discovered her, we learn a true key to our culinary history today. Ready? This episode's about fish sauce. Yup, the one and only. The sweet, fishy potion that's the result of the union between the sea and land, a gift from the gods as we know it. Fish sauce can't be traced to one place or origin because in multiple locations around the world, different groups of people all came to the same conclusion separately. South Asia, coastal China, Rome, or throughout the Mediterranean and the Black Sea. Fish sauce just made sense. For those of you who don't have flavor experience with the stinky ambrosia, you may be asking, "What does fish sauce taste like?" Ah, fish sauce. It tastes like pure milk from the umami mother's teat. At low levels, it creates bridges and will support other flavors that need help to shine. This is exemplified in gentle, fragile greens that can be sautéed with garlic and seasoned with fish sauce and a small pinch. fresh cracked pepper. And in high quantities, it offers the equivalent of a hyper-concentrated fish stock. Soup broths can be brought fully together with the flavor profile that fish sauce brings to the table. This is exemplified in soups like pho, a light Vietnamese bone broth brought to perfection with cinnamon, clove, star anise, ginger, onions, and sugar, and fish sauce, which bridges each level of flavoring to the next. But keep in mind, you still add other ingredients when it's completed to further the chain and create a magnificent dance of deliciousness. At its peak freshness, it gives sweet, nutty, fishy, and savory notes to your food. You can use it in stocks, roasts, marinades, dipping sauces, stews, desserts, dressings, and so much more. Its flavor changes, and its flavors will change all of the ones around it too. So how is it made? Well, fish sauce is a simple combination of seafood, salt, and father Time. There are no sauces like it. Nothing can compare to its flavor. I'm serious, when you look for seasoning sauces, you get flavored, thick soups that have been pureed and bottled. Ketchup? It's just sweet tomato sauce. Sorry to be the one to break the news, but ranch? That's almost entirely mayonnaise, salt, and some fake flavorings. Now, even the infamous Worcestershire sauce. Uh, Now, I bet you didn't know that it was seasoned fish sauce. Seriously, seasoned fish sauce. Lemons, vinegars, spices, but its base is fish sauce. Now you know. Seasonings are often mistaken for high sodium and artificial flavorings that have been put behind a label big enough to pull off a grand vanishing act. They all wish they could do what fish sauce does here. Let's create a team mentality strong enough to hide our delicious modified chemical soup and its ingredients. And then there's fish sauce. Fish sauce is natural. Fish sauce is just pure base ingredients. Nothing fake about it. It's just magic. And it's one of my favorite things ever in this whole world. Do you understand how important that statement is? Like, really? If you ask me what my favorite food is, I legitimately have no clue on how to answer. Not what, but how. But if you ask me my favorite ingredient in the whole world, easy. Asia is well known for their fish sauce production, but little know about Europe's omega rich history. In the ancient Greek Empire, it was a commodity called geros. This was sold like wine or olive oil. And in today's standard, well, people would pay up to about $500 for the most expensive varieties. But the factories were so putrid that many were forcefully shut down due to their intense aromas. Nonetheless, the product was well sought after. Large pits were dug from the stone cliffs and filled with the fresh catches that the fishermen brought in. Usually trimmings like gills, intestines, and fatty slices were used, while the guts were thrown aside or used for more intense brews. The lower-quality trimmings made the sauce for the working class, while the elite desired the potions made from the fillets and expensive cuts, saved for that very purpose. But for the Roman empires that followed, the sauce was called garum, and that was the new 2.0. And the Romans advanced to study the fish sauce to new heights and to new scales. Pun intended. Now, they didn't just make one style, but they separated each cut and tested the results the beautiful thing was that the effects and flavors changed too you could say that it went swimmingly <clears throat> the reason fish sauce was so loved was because it just made sense preserving fish in the salt brine eliminated air from entering the equation and allowed for flavors to ripen and for the fish to be kept that much longer fish sauce was a practice of preservation now sadly the production of fish sauce in these ancient empires dropped off the face of the earth When salt prices shot through the roof during wars and halted manufacturing, the factories have been barren since. You get liquid gold when you attempt to preserve the flavor of the ocean, and that's just what they did. And that's why all of the storage methods above led me to this. It led me back to where we came from, the ocean. Now, in a different paradigm, but on a similar trajectory, coastal villages in Asia, begin to experiment with their own fresh catches, too. The story of Dragon Prince Lac Long Quan is a creation story for the Vietnamese people. Him and his wife, A Kha, created the first kings of the region, the Hungs. The Dragon Prince Totem was the fish. The sea was an integral piece of the puzzle in their lands. It's called Nước Mam, and in Vietnam, well, they'll consume more than 200 million liters of it this year. It is a pillar of the flavor temple there, and in Southeast Asia. The culinary secrets that are guarded there with fierce warriors, I had a chance to find. I had a chance to infiltrate the temples and discover the secrets, but I dipped my heartstrings in fish sauce then, and I haven't been able to get rid of the smell since. What a joyful scent, but I digress. Villages in southern Vietnam began to ran the regional supply when they started to use a staggered storage system with their fermenting pots that allowed them to keep more batches going in production the system also secured the commodity during rocky maritime transport the usage of high quality anchovies from the southern seas created a perfect condition to extract the seasonings and for the sea villagers to be able to sail up and down the coast selling their liquid gold they created a name for themselves and the region for their goods remember They came from the waters. They were and are fierce sailors. This pushed Vietnam to rule the world of fish sauce now as we know it. The origin story of fish sauce in the region is highly debated. Some argue that there could have been Roman ships that entered the region and disappeared in enemy waters to have their goods stolen and information absorbed. After all, all the ships did carry garum, so it's very possible one pot ended up in the right kitchen. But arguably... It's more likely that Vietnam's fish sauce came from its sister, soy sauce. Because in early recipes, soy sauce and fish sauce were one of the same. Fish was added to soybeans with salt and then left to ferment. Magic then occurred. Aspergillus sojai, which grew on soybeans, was used to kickstart fermentation. So it makes sense that it would be introduced to fermenting fish. But this beautiful accident created the predecessor to the two separate sauces. Culinary history alert. Fish fermented with soybeans and salt was recorded earliest during the Zhao dynasty of ancient China. But by the time of the Han dynasty in 202 BC, soybeans were fermented without the fish and made into soy paste and its byproduct soy sauce. So with fermented fish based sauces developing separately, This could and is most likely the origin story for how pure fish sauce made its way south. This structures a concept called the bean-fish divide. This concept describes the separation of Southeast Asia and Northeast Asia after its sister sauces separated. Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and Thailand, with China, Japan, and Korea. There, the fermented soybeans and fermented fish products took their own distinctive roots— to extremely different flavor paradigms in Southeast Asia fish sauce is a staple in my days riding through Vietnam I saw the golden liquid accompany almost every meal that was served normally in a small saucer with chili garlic lime sugar and, and a mix called nook cam it brought every other flavor to be highlighted in your palate fish sauce is the queen sauce And when we look at the possibilities that blossomed after we discovered the ways of early fermentation and preservation techniques, flavors bloomed because it's the idea of adding layers to your food, layers of seasoning, layers of aromatics, which gives depth. The conversation leads us to this point, a big one. Might I add that if you desire to learn how to cook, you must use fish sauce as a tool to learn. Keep a bottle in your toolkit. I'm not joking. It will teach you umami levels, sodium piquancy ranges, and give you the starter kit to understand how to salt independently while also showing you how to use stocks, consommes, and how to handle and control over-salted foods. You must balance the flavors, grasshopper. But how will using fish sauce teach me how to salt my food? It's just a sauce. First off, It's not just a sauce, it's a religion. Imagine the first chefs who developed it, who then developed other fermented foods, who then discovered curing, who then discovered how we can preserve and inherently how to can our goods for later days. Fish sauce brewed a chain of learning. So if you desire to start climbing the flavor ladder, you must start at the bottom with fish sauce. I guess this is part of my life's mission, to reinstate Fish sauce into every home kitchen around the world. Whether it was in the old maritime cities of ancient Rome, the tropical island strongholds of southern Vietnam, or even in the fishing villages on the Mediterranean Sea today, the flavors of the oceans and how we tried to preserve them is what led us here. Remember, adventurer, fish sauce or die trying. I'm your host, Leon, and this is Flavor Quest.